Hello, friends, and thank you for joining Christ Church Online. This week, we are joined by the Reverend Dr. Ed Glover as Christ Church celebrates its longstanding relationship with the Urban Impact Foundation. Here is Pastor Ed with his message, The Power of One. Thank you for listening. Well, today, uh, I'm going to be talking about the power of one. And I preached a sermon four weeks ago right here at Christ Church, and it was called Connected Through the Commission. And that, on that day, we talked about the fact that Jesus Christ has called all of us. Matter of fact, commanded us to fulfill his mission. And then we looked at a passage of scripture where Jesus Christ clearly communicated his mission. It's found in Matthew 28, verses 19 through 20. And as we studied that passage, we discovered that there is a commandment. And the commandment is found in verse 19, and it says this. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. The command is found in two words, and those two words are, can you remember? Make disciples. Very good. Can you say that with me? Make disciples. Jesus didn't command us to be a disciple. He commanded us to go and make disciples. In other words, we're all to be disciple makers. We're to take what God, is, what God has taught us and impart it to others. And I said to you that you don't have forever to do what God has called you to do. But all of us are going to stand before the Lord and give an account for how well we made disciples. Then we went on and looked at the way to make disciples. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus made it very clear. He said this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and where does it say? The ends of the earth. There he's telling us to be a witness. And a witness, I said four weeks ago, very clearly, is someone who goes out and tells what they've seen, what they've heard, and what they've experienced. And what Jesus was basically saying, he was saying, go out and give your testimony. Tell people what I have done for you. And as you do that, what happens is that people begin to ask you for the reason of your hope. They'll begin to ask you, how has your life been changed? And that gives you the opportunity to share the gospel. And we looked at the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, that's what what Paul did all the time. He always went out and told his testimony. Then he waited for the opportunity to be able to communicate the gospel afterwards. And then I encourage you, I said, if you're not very confident about giving your testimony or communicating the gospel, what did I say? I said, come January 20th to my missions class and I will train you how to communicate your testimony, and how to communicate the gospel so that you can fulfill the mission of Jesus Christ. So that when you stand before God, you are being obedient to what he's called all of us to go and do. So I encourage you to do that. Then I said that we were going to have an outreach on December 1st and 2nd. And I said that Christ Church and Urban Impact Foundation are partnering up together to do a Christmas outreach. And last year, thousands of people showed up and over 200 and some people came to know Christ in the last two years in this event. And I encourage you to begin to pray, to think about who you're going to invite to that outreach so that we can all fulfill the mission of Christ. And hopefully you've been doing that. But just in case you haven't, just in case you haven't written any names down today, I have decided this being Urban Impact Sunday... I decided to put a card in your bulletin. Grab that card, will you? In that card, it should say, Light the Night. And in that card, or on that card, there is a way to write down names of people that you, would, you can or should invite. 
Now, you can invite all kinds of Christian friends to this. You want to bring them. But what, what we're talking about right now is bringing those who are around you, you that you're not sure that they know Jesus Christ. And I guarantee you that I will present the gospel in such a way that people will either come closer to coming to know Christ or they'll come to Christ. So that we can all do what? We can all fulfill the mission and make what? Disciples. That's what we're shooting for. That's what we're looking for on December 1st and 2nd. So you take a hold of that card. Now, as I'm preaching, you be thinking about people. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to write them down before you leave this sanctuary. But today I thought, well, the best thing for me to do is to choose a disciple. And I have a disciple of Jesus Christ as an example of someone who put into practice what Jesus Christ commanded us to do. Now, I could have chosen Peter or Paul, but I chose somebody that is not very familiar. He's not well known. And the reason I did that is because if I would have chose Peter and Paul, most of us would have went out of here thinking, I can't be them. There's no way. They're like the superheroes of the faith. There's no way I could be like Peter and Paul. So I chose somebody who's just a regular guy. I didn't choose Peter, but I chose his brother, Andrew. Andrew's just a regular guy, a regular person, but he fulfilled the mission of Christ. He changed the world. So we're going to learn from Andrew this morning how we might fulfill the mission of Christ in our lives. And I call this sermon, The Power of One. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I would just ask right now in Jesus' name that you would fill me with your spirit, forgive me and cleanse me of any sin, fill me with your spirit and speak to your people. Today, Lord, we do pause again and pray for Sarah and Doug Mangus. And we pray for them. We ask, Lord, that you would heal Sarah. And I thank you and praise you for Christ Church having a partnership with Urban Impact in the gospel for over all these years. Where thousands of people's lives have been impacted. And I pray that today you would encourage us, you would strengthen us, you would inspire us to fulfill your mission. For, Lord, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. How did Andrew fulfill the Lord's mission? How did he do it? Any, any idea? He introduced people to Jesus Christ. He introduced people to Christ. Throughout every, matter of fact, I'll say every time Andrew comes out of the woodwork, the biblical woodwork, he's introducing people to Jesus Christ over and over again. In our passage, in John chapter 1, verse 35, it says this. The next day, John, referring to John the Baptist, was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Who are these two disciples of John the Baptist? Look at verse 40 with me. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother was one of the two who heard what John had said and and had followed the Lord Jesus. So Andrew is one of the two disciples of John the Baptist. Who's the other guy? Well, the other guy, most scholars believe, is the Apostle John. Not John the Baptist, but the Apostle John. So John and Andrew are disciples of John the Baptist. You You know what that tells us about Andrew and John? They were devoted men of God. They were devoted to God before Jesus ever showed up. They were people who were following after God. So the first thing we learn about 
Andrew is that he is a man of God. Then it says in verse 38, turn around. Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, spent the day with him. It was about the 10th hour. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah. Notice it didn't say, we might have found the the Messiah. He said, we have found the Messiah. The second thing that we learn about Andrew, he was convinced that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. Two things we've learned so far. Andrew is a man committed to God, and he's convinced that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. Let me ask you a question. Are you committed and convinced that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world? And if you are, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to introduce people to Jesus Christ. Because you're committed and you're convinced that he's the Savior of the world. And he's saved you, he's changed you, and you don't want to hold that in. Keep everybody else in eternal damnation. You don't want that. You want people to know Christ like you know Christ, where they can be set free. So you want to do everything you can to introduce people to Jesus Christ. But I also know if you're not committed or convinced that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, then you're content. And you're content. And that means that you're not doing much to introduce people to Jesus Christ. What do I mean by being content? What I mean by that is this. That you come to church and you hear the sermon and you pray and you give your tithes. You go to a Bible study You do your devotions, and you have fellowship with other believers. But you don't do much outside the walls of the church. You getting outside of the walls of the church and introducing people to Jesus Christ? Now, that's not something that that you do or that you even think about. Why? Because you've become content. Content. And for those of you that have become content... I've got to read this verse for you and for all of us. This is what it says. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 38 and 39, it says, And anyone who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Are we not thankful and grateful that Jesus Christ picked up the old rugged cross? And he headed up that road to Golgotha. And he didn't stop halfway and say, all right, I've had enough right there. Because you see, when people get content somewhere in their life, what they've done is they've said, okay, this is as far as I'm going to go. I'm drawing a line right here because I'm content. I'm fine being right where I am. Aren't we thankful and grateful that Jesus Christ didn't do that? That he went all the way up that hill and he died on the cross for our sin and he was raised again from the dead? Are we not thankful and grateful that Jesus Christ was committed to what the Father had told him to do? That he wasn't content? 
He wasn't content until he fulfilled the mission, until he died on the cross and he was raised again from the dead and he walked out of that grave so that you and I could know him and have a relationship with him and guarantee that we have eternal life. Are we not thankful and grateful that Jesus Christ was committed to what he said he would do? Absolutely. And I know that Andrew was absolutely committed and thankful and grateful and he was convinced So much so that he ended up introducing people to Jesus Christ. One of the first things he did, it says in the scriptures, is he went and he began to introduce his brother to Jesus Christ. And we know what happened. We know the end of that story. We know that his brother went out in the book of Acts and he preached the gospel and 3,000 people got saved. Then in Acts chapter 10, we find that Jesus leads Peter to Cornelius. Cornelius is a Gentile. At this point, up to this point, the Jews were the only ones that were hearing about the Lord Jesus Christ. And now the Gentiles. And Peter goes and he leads Cornelius to Christ. He's the first Gentile. That's the roots where we come from. And then from that point on, the gospel goes out to the Jews and to the Gentiles. And now that's from the first century to now. And now there has been hundreds of millions of people that have come to know Christ because Andrew was faithful to introduce his brother to Jesus Christ. Oh, there is power in one. There is power in one person who is committed and convinced that Jesus Christ is the Savior, and he's willing to introduce people to Jesus Christ. Oh, there is power in one. But you know, Andrew didn't stop there. He didn't stop with his brother, for he was a significant disciple without without doubt. And he made an impact in the world. But he didn't stop with his brother. He ended up going to a boy. Look what it says in John chapter 6. Verses 5 through 9 says this. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Eight months of wages would not buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Andrew didn't stop with his brother. He ended up introducing a boy to Jesus. And Jesus took that boy and took his happy meal and he gave thanks. And he ended up feeding 5,000 people with it. Do you know that there's only one miracle that's referred to in all the Gospels? And it's the feeding of the 5,000? Why? Because Andrew was faithful to introduce a boy to Jesus Christ. And from the first century until now, hundreds of millions of people have been impacted because of this story, the feeding of the 5,000, including us this morning. Oh, there is power in one. There's power in one person who is convinced and committed That Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world and he's willing to introduce people to Jesus Christ. Oh, there's great power. But you know, he didn't stop with just a boy and his brother. But he ended up introducing barbarians. Yes, barbarians. In John chapter 12, verse 20, it says this. Now there were some Greeks among those who went out, who went up to worship at the feast. They came to Philip 
who was from Bethsaida in Galilee. With a request, sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew, and Andrew and Philip, in turn, told Jesus. Why do I refer to the Greeks as barbarians? Because the Jews looked down on the Gentiles, all Gentiles. They saw Gentiles as savages. They saw them as heathens, uncivilized people. They were the untouchables. They were the outsiders. If the Greeks would have went up to Peter, Peter would have immediately said to them, get out of here. Get, move on. He would have never introduced the Greeks. He would have said, get lost. Why? Because he would have saw those Greeks as outsiders. Because at this point in his life, in the life of the gospel, at this point he's believing and thinking that Jesus' message is only for the Jews. Thank God the Greeks didn't go to Peter. But the Greeks went to Philip. And Philip then went to Andrew. Now why did he go to Andrew? Because Philip believed and knew that Andrew understood what it felt like to be an outsider. Remember, Andrew is playing second fiddle to his big brother. Matter of fact, in the scriptures, Peter's mentioned hundreds of times. In the Gospels, in the book of Acts, matter of fact, two books bear his name. First and second Peter. How many times is Andrew mentioned? Thirteen times. And most of the time when he is mentioned, he's always referred to as what? Peter's brother. Oh, he was in the shadows of Peter all the time. And remember, Peter is part of the inner circle of Jesus. Andrew was not. He knew what it felt like to be one of the last guys picked on the team. He knew what it felt like to be that outsider. So Philip goes to Andrew and Andrew knew exactly what to do. And what did he do? He said, introduce those barbarians. Introduce those, gen- those Gentiles, those Greeks to Jesus Christ. You know, Andrew didn't stop there. After the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, Andrew continued on. He went to Jerusalem. He went to Judea. He went to Samaria. He went to the outer parts of the world. Today, he is the patron saint of Russia, Scotland, and hear this, Greece. Ooh. He didn't stop just introducing those Greeks. He actually went to the country and began to share and introduce people to Jesus Christ. This is what tradition tells us. It tells us that one day, Andrew is introducing Jesus Christ to a, a woman and to another man. And these two people come to know Christ. And they happen to be the wife and the brother-in-law of a, of a local governor. And the local governor has Andrew crucified because he was introducing people to Jesus Christ. And tradition tells us that he hung on the cross, lingered there for three days, and in those three days, he did everything he could to introduce people to Jesus Christ from the cross. Oh, there is power in one person who is committed and convinced that the Lord Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. There is power in that person who is willing to introduce people to Jesus Christ. Let me ask you, are there any people around you that feel like they're outsiders? 
Is there anybody around you that feels like they've been kicked to the curb? Is there anybody around you that's at least the last and the lost? Remember what Jesus said. He said in John 3, 16, he said, For God so loved the world. God loves everybody. He desires that everybody would come to know him. All people, all nations, even our enemies. He desires to come into the kingdom of God. And he's counting on you and me to go out and make disciples, to introduce people to Jesus Christ, to use our testimony, to talk about the things that God is doing in your life in order for you to be used to communicate the gospel so that people can come to know him as Savior and Lord. Now, I'm going to stop and I'm going to ask you to pull out that card. That card I give you, and I'm asking you to hold it up and show me that you got it. Please, pull it out, show me you got it. Very good. Most of you are got your, there you go. Very good. You show me you got it. Now, I'm going to ask you in just a few moments to write down some names, people that you know that are around you. Are there not family members? Jesus, I mean, Andrew introduced his brother. Are there any family members around you? How about this? How about boys, girls, young people, youth that are around you that you can introduce? Is there anybody that's in where you work or where you play or where you go, where you go to school, where you shop, in your neighborhood that you can write down so that we together as Christ Church and Urban Impact Foundation, as we partner to put on this outreach program on December 1st and 2nd, that you can invite to come to that event and that where we can introduce them to Jesus Christ, you be thinking about those people. And you take the time to write them down now. And then I'm going to ask you to take that card, put it on the refrigerator, put it in the Bible, pray, pray, pray. Look at that card. It says, pray for those people. Ask God to give you those opportunities. And then we've given you cards out in the lobby. You can go right out in the lobby. There's tables set up there. These cards look something like this. And you can give these people to the folks that you're thinking about inviting. You can give this and say, hey, won't you come on over? How about a neighbor? Go make a cake. Go mow their lawn. Do something. And then say, hey, I would love for you to come to this great event that's going to be happening at Christmas time. You know everybody. Everybody that's got a half of a mind goes to church and Christmas. So you want to invite all those people. And let us continue to fulfill the mission that Jesus Christ has given us. And that's to communicate the gospel. Amen? Watch this trailer. It's just a little trailer just to encourage you. You'll see it later in the month of November to encourage you again to come to light tonight.
to take a moment right now, and I want you to bow your heads. I want you to pray, and then I want you to start using your pen and start putting names on that card. Do that right now. Lord Jesus, we're so thankful that you were not content, but that you were committed and convinced that if you didn't go to the cross, we'd be lost. We thank you that you went all the way. Lord, help us to do everything we can to introduce people, to make disciples that make disciples. For Lord, we ask these things today in Jesus' name. Amen. Look right here, and just before this, the dancers dance for you, out there in the lobbies, we have cards for you, as I've already shared. You can pick up to introduce those, the, the friends that you wrote down. But also out there, you can, you can volunteer to, to help us out in basketball and the arts and education. You can go out and you can learn how you can pray for Urban Impact. You can learn how to support urban missionaries so that we can continue the work. I want you to know that we've been doing this partnership for 17 years. And today, just this past year, we reached 1,900 children and youth on the north side of Pittsburgh. We saw, yeah. There's the Lord. We saw 400 people respond to the gospel this past year. We served 35, over 35,000 meals to children and youth on the north side. And we have an options program, and over 100% of all the kids that were part of our options program graduated from high school. And 95% of them transitioned out of high school, went to a college, a trade school, got a job in the military or the ministry. And that all started because one man was faithful. His name was Bob Scheimantel. And Bob Scheimantel introduced me to John Guest 17 years ago. And we started a partnership. And now we're impacting thousands of people right here in this community and right on the north side of Pittsburgh. And now Pastor Jared is in the saddle now. And I thank God for Pastor Sh- Pastor Jared. He has, yes, put your hands together for Pastor Jared. He has a heart not only for you, but he has a heart for the world. He has a heart for these kids that you saw sing. He has a heart for the kids that we minister to in other places of the world. And because of that, I believe what God is going to do is unbelievable. Right now, we know that we do man up. We do man up here in Pittsburgh. But on June 2nd, next year, we're going to be doing man up in Charlotte. So now we're not only Christ Church and Urban Impact going to be impacting Pittsburgh on on June 9th here in Pittsburgh through man up. But we're going to impact Charlotte on June 2nd. Do you understand what God is doing? Do you understand as we're faithful that God is going to continue to impact people? And we're going to continue to fulfill his mission. As these kids dance to to Jesus Christ, you be encouraged knowing that you're transforming lives on the north side of Pittsburgh. One person, one family, one block at a time.